Our scripture this morning is taken from John 15, verses 26 and 27. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning. And John 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And then John 16, verses 12 to 15. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the word of the Lord. Well, we welcome you again to our church here at Western Park Baptist Church, um, our virtual services. We have been doing these for a while, and uh, we still are anticipating opening up, not too far away, but uh, here we are. We have been looking at the theme of who is Jesus, and uh, particularly what's known as the seven I am statements from the Gospel of John. So in John 15, we saw the last one where um, Jesus says, I am the vine, the true vine. That's the seventh statement. And what we're going to do for the next few weeks until the end of this series is to stay with the Upper Room Discourse, which is John 13 through 17. So we'll just stay with that. Jesus' conversation uh, with his disciples. It's one of his main extended teaching times in the entire set of Gospels, the Upper Room Discourse only found here in the Gospel of John. And it's an intimate scene, as we've been seeing, Jesus meeting with his disciples, um, talking with them. It's just before the crucifixion, before he is going to die for humanity and then be raised. Uh, but of course, this raises a lot of questions for the disciples. He's been with them for three years, now he's going to be moving on. A lot of anxiety and sorrow, grief, really, that's what's going on in this, in this room. So we are picking up at this point. Last week, we looked at Jesus as our friend. He, Jesus says, I no longer call you servants, I now call you friends. It's a beautiful term. We thought of that for ourselves, to be friends of Christ, to be friends within the a divine family, Father, Son, Spirit. It's, it's an amazing gift, and that gift is for you, and the gift is for me. So at this point, Jesus now uh, is going to talk more about the, the Holy Spirit, and we want to explore that for us as we head on. So we'll pick up this verse in John 15, 26, 27. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me from the beginning, when the advocate comes. So we begin with the Spirit's advent, the Spirit's coming to us, and it, the word that John uses is uh, parakletos or parakletos. 
Um, and it has a variety of translations, and even in our English translations, it's, it's done differently. So for example, in the NRSV, it's advocate. In the NIV, it's counselor. In the KJV, it's comforter. But it can also be translated helper, proclaimer, exhorter, one who comes alongside, or one who hears the call. So that word to call, that's, that's, that's in the middle of that Greek word. So one who comes alongside, or one who hears the call. So Jesus is saying that this one, the parakletos, he will send and he will be with us and live within us. And that will be uh, our connection in a real dynamic way with, with Christ through his spirit. So the, the language Jesus uses is I'm going to go away and then I will send the spirit. And when we read that, it, it, it can sound a bit confusing, but I'm, so I'm, I'm with you, but I'm going to go away, and then I will send the Spirit. The idea here is not that they are completely separate. It's, it's language. Jesus is going away to be with the Father, and then he will send his Spirit. So no longer are we uh, identifying with Christ in a physical way, but we now have a new mode of connecting where Jesus, the Spirit, is within us. So it's not like Jesus is there, the Spirit's here, and there's no connection. That's not the point. But we might read that literally. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit are all present with us. They are co-present. The Father abides in us. Jesus abides in us. The Spirit abides in us. But the Spirit is this new dynamic of Christ being with us wherever we are, every believer on the planet uh, Earth, all of us, wherever we are, seven and a half billion people, if we know Christ, then his spirit is within us, not limited to a physical connection. So Jesus sends the spirit. That's the point that he's making. And indeed, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Nevertheless, I, it is to your advantage. Now, that would have been hard for the disciples to get. Clearly, they didn't get this until ultimately Christ is raised from the dead and he meets them again. And then it begins to sink in and the Spirit teaches them and they come to a fuller understanding. But here it's going to be confusing. But he's saying it's actually to your advantage. Because if I go away, the Spirit comes and he will be within you. My presence will be within you. Paul will use the language, the Spirit of Jesus. There's no separation between the Spirit and Jesus. The Spirit of Jesus. Jesus is within us. So John 14, 17 says, You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. The Spirit abides in you. My spirit abides in you and will abide in you. That's, that's the beautiful gift. So it's the advent of the spirit. We're not that far away till advent of Christ's birth. But here we have the advent of the spirit of God, the spirit of Jesus coming into our lives. So that's a new piece in this upper room discourse. And it's meant to encourage and to comfort the disciples then and now. So what's our job? as we begin looking at this text. Our job is to be receptive. Our job is to be open and attuned to this spirit of Jesus who actually lives within you and lives within me. Not, 
not to live distracted lives so that we're all over the place and we're not mindful of God's presence with us, with you, with me, right here, right now. Weston Park Baptist Church, City of Toronto, the towers on Weston Road, the spirit of Christ within us as we say yes to him. Be receptive. And we need to say that because we're not always receptive. We get distracted. We get tied up in our own issues, our own problems, our own concerns, our own aspirations, and we forget that the biggest gift has already been given to us in the spirit of Jesus who lives within us if we know him. So I like this quote by Edward Farrell who says, what we need is a passionate receptivity, a passionate receptivity to the gentle breeze, the gentle wind, the gentle touch, the gentle urging. Now note, there is always some area of our heart which is especially calling for conversion, where there is the beginning of the new life. Always some area in your life where the Spirit is touching and saying, hey, I want to be there with you. Teresa of Avila wrote about this centuries ago when she writes about the interior castle and she looks at the spiritual life and your relationship with God as, as a castle with a whole bunch of rooms. And the Spirit wants to come in, Jesus wants to come in, the Godhead wants to come in and fill all the rooms of your house. But he says what often happens is Christ never gets beyond the front porch. That's what she says. Because we are so tied up in ourselves, we won't allow the Spirit of God to work in us, to fill all of us, the interior castle. So are we receptive? That's the point here as we begin. Receptive to God's Spirit within your life, within my life, and particularly the spot that God is calling you to wake up, calling you to be attentive. And that spot's gonna be different for all of us. Depends on your life circle or your life uh, spectrum that's going on. Where are you in that? What season of life are you in? That point where the Spirit is saying, hey, I wanna be with you right in this spot. Will we open our hands, our arms, and allow the Spirit of Jesus to speak Indeed, to your hearts, to my heart, that's the invitation. That's where we begin. So Jesus begins with the Spirit's advent. He moves on. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Spirit, the second piece, is the Spirit is our teacher, the Spirit, is the one who teaches us the things of Jesus. That's what Christ says. He says in verse 12, you cannot bear it now. He's talking to his disciples. But the Spirit will come and he will guide you into all truth. As we go through, Jesus is saying, my death, my resurrection, your ministry in the world. As you do that, the Spirit of God will teach you, will teach me. So we're reminded that the word disciple comes from the word to learn. So we are disciples, if we know Jesus. We are learners. We are to keep hearing and responding to what God is saying in our lives, your life. Primarily, your main teacher is the Spirit of Christ, not someone else, not me. The Spirit teaches, but we need to be tuned in. 
God's revelation does not stop. I love this verse in John 5, 17, where Jesus says, my father is still working, and I also am working. God creates the world, creates the universe. But Jesus says, my father is still working. It's not like God says, okay, there we go. I've done all my work. I'm just going to sit back. Jesus says, that's not the point. And neither has his work stopped. The spirit of Christ is working in our world and in your life. So God's revelation does not stop. The scriptures are our primary source. But we need to continue to understand and to interpret them. And it's a living document. So that word needs to continue to speak into our hearts and minds. We're not stuck. We're not to become spiritually frozen. God speaks to us, and the Spirit is the one who teaches us. It's interesting. Right now in our world, there's a very interesting piece going on. It has to do with our solar system and the planet Venus. And scientists have discovered uh, through satellites that are studying the Venus, close uh, world near us, that there may well be life in the clouds of Venus. And there are a couple of new satellites going up that will try to study that. So the point is, is that there may be life in a surrounding world not too far away. Up to this point, we've never, we, have, we don't know anything about it. We don't know if that's it. But there may be life there. That may be true. We're going to find that out in the next few years. That's very exciting. We may not be the only life. There may be other life. Now, if that is true, that is God's truth. Truth, all truth is his truth. Doesn't matter where it comes from. If science makes new, some new discovery, then that is God's truth. And so if there's life there and we find that out, that is God's truth. We continue to grow in truth and then have to figure that out and determine and how that works in our hearts and minds. Truth does not stop. All truth is God's truth. Doesn't matter if it's science or mathematics or literature or poetry, whatever we might receive as truth is God's truth. And it's the Spirit of God who speaks to us in this ongoing way. So, you know, one of the problems we face is that often we look at the scriptures and we think they are frozen in time. And we will take a verse that was stated 2,000 years ago and have one interpretation of that and say that's the only way it can be understood. Well, that's not how the Bible is read. The Bible is living. It's a living document. And we have to walk with Jesus so that we continue to understand what that means for us. So the Spirit is our teacher. The Spirit is your teacher, second point. We need to keep listening. Hear, obey, obey is to hear. And then thirdly, and this is really the main point, Jesus goes on and says, the Spirit, he will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you, verses 14 and 15. So the Spirit is the enabler. The Spirit is going to enable the disciples to carry on with their great work. 
The last chapter of Matthew, Matthew 28, we have this statement, the Great Commission we call about. We, we name it, and, the, and Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and you're out to go out into all the world. And they're, they're not going to do that on their own. It's the Spirit who is with us that enables us. So the Spirit as enabler. How does that work? Well, I'll suggest four areas. And the first is simply interior conviction. Because Jesus is in your life and in my life. We have the real presence of Jesus within us. Jesus uses the language, the Spirit abides. The Spirit of Jesus abides in you, remains in you, dwells in you, is your home. We looked at that last week. Jesus, our friend, inside, our persons. So the first piece that the Spirit does is it impresses the reality of Jesus and his will for your life and my life in our hearts and minds, interior conviction where we listen and we recognize that God is speaking to you, speaking to me. Not a game. It's not a big mystery. Open your hearts. Open your minds. The Spirit will impress his direction and guidance and love into your life. Interior conviction. Our heart and our mind. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Number one. Secondly, the Spirit empowers us. We become participants. Matthew 28, the disciples go out into all the world, and they literally went out into all the world, all the way to India, into other parts of Europe. Obviously, Paul goes eventually throughout Europe, the Roman Empire. The Spirit empowers us. We become participants in the great work. A cool example is found in John 7, 37, 8. We looked at this verse a few weeks back where Jesus is going to speak about uh, the water festival at Sukkot. And he says, he rises up on the great day of the festival. On the last day of the festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out. Here we go. Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and let the one who believes in me drink. For, as the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Note, out of the believer's heart. He's not saying out of my heart. He's saying out of your heart, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. We become vessels for God, vessels for Christ. Clay in the potter's hand. He works through you. He works through me. That, that's the amazing story of the God story. God works and chooses to partner with us, his humanity, for his kingdom. And certainly his church is significantly a part of that whole story. Out of the believer's heart, that means your heart, my heart. Will we allow our heart to be pliable, not a hard heart, Pharaoh, a soft heart, a compliant heart that says yes, that wants to say yes, we become participants. Jesus is saying that right there. And now he's saying it again in the upper room. The Spirit will work in you. You have a job to do, he's going to go on and say. Thirdly, we see that the Spirit dwells within us moment by moment. We, we've already alluded to this, but the Spirit, God in Christ is no longer 
just with us physically, with his disciples. But now, hence, he's going away. The Spirit comes. So it's an interior engagement, an interior indwelling. The mode of presence changes for the disciples and for us. Jesus in you, Jesus in me. His Spirit in you, His Spirit in me. You are not alone. You may be in, a, you know, in an apartment on Weston Road and you're the only one right there, but you are not alone. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with me, wherever we are. We're to receive that truth and recognize his love and his presence. I'll never leave you. Jesus says that again in the end of Matthew 28. I will never leave you, ever. I'll be with you to the very end. To the end of this age and into the new age, I will be with you. And then finally, we recognize that the Spirit's work is communal. It's not just individual. It's not just in you and me, you and me, here and there. But it's also the Spirit in us, the community of faith at Weston Park Baptist Church. He is within us, in us for over 110 years in this area of Weston. And going forward, another 110 years, the Spirit of Christ within us as a community, koinonia, fellowship, that deep work, of God's work in us together. And, and every church. You know, every, every church is different, right? Revelation talks about the, the, the light of every church. You know, this is the lamp. The lamp of the church in Ephesus. The lamp of the church in Laodicea and so on. You know, it's not a big competition and comparison about how all the lamps are doing. You and I are called to hear God's word for us right here. This is a very peculiar community of Weston. It's not just about copying what everybody else is doing. What is Jesus saying to you and saying to me and how we do that together? That's, that's our job, to listen for him. And so again, we conclude with another word from Farrell. The spirit is inner transformation, being born again. No, the spirit stirs up prods, lifts up, never sleeps, is persistent, wears us down, ever returns. Jesus says, you hear its sound, but cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going, John 4. He has his own way of revealing himself. The Spirit is always surprised. Your job is to listen to God's Spirit, Christ's Spirit, living within you. And he awakens us if we want to be woke up. Because you can say, man, I'm not listening anymore, and Jesus will say, okay, that's, 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 that's your choice. He respects you, respects me. We're created in his image. What will we say? What will we do? Jesus awakens us. He prods us through his spirit, and he abides within us. He abides within you, within me, in October 2020, here, City of Toronto, or wherever you are, Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, with you, with you in the details, moment by moment, in your life. So may our hearts and our minds, our bodies, all say yes. Not say no, say yes to Christ's ongoing work in our lives. So we hear these words this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen.